You complete me. You had me at hello. You have bewitched me, body and soul. Look at you, you're downright flush. Yes, that is what happens. When one is angry. When one burns for someone who does not feel the same. We're gonna have to work at this every day, but I wanna do that because I want you. What do you want? Welcome back to PodCute. Uh, it's Georgia, Russia, and Sam here, and we're going to break down season two of Bridgerton. Um, we'll be talking about the entire series, so if you have not watched it, this will be heavily spoiler-centric, so like, don't listen. Unless, you know, you're like me, and you search down spoilers and you want to know them. Um, so yeah, beware. Spoiler for spoiler phobes, beware. Um we're, we're breaking through everything. We're even going to get into the books at the end, probably, for what we think is going to come next. So this is your warning. Um, okay. I think, so I'll just start briefly, maybe for people who didn't watch it, with kind of the essential summary of the show. Uh, it focuses on Antony and Kate as the main couple. There's about 15 billion subplots. But that's fine. Um, I'm not going to explain those. <laughs> um, Anthony needs to get married. He doesn't want to marry for love. So he decides to marry the jewel of the season. The jewel of the season this year is Edwina Sharma, um, who comes from a family who came from England, from Bombay. She comes with her sister, Kate, and her mother. Uh, and he chooses to marry her. She's a perfect person. Doesn't want to marry for love. But alas, alack, false and passionate lust. <laughs> with the sister, Kate. Uh, and then there proceeds to be a love triangle. It's quite different from the books, and we'll get into that. Um, obviously, at the end, everything <laughs> wraps up, and Anthony and Kate end up together. The end. Um, there's a lot of stuff in between, and we will get, get into it. Okay, to start, Russia, one out of 10. What do you rank this season as? Just, like, in a vacuum. Don't compare it to last season. Just, like, one to 10. One out of 10. One being terrible, 10 being fantastic. What what are, What is the ranking you're giving it? I would give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Sam. I'm struggling <laughs> because, like, I feel like it was objectively good TV. Mm-hmm. But I hate it <laughs> because it did not reflect the book at all. So... I'm going with a five out of 10. That's fair. For so violating that, the source material. That's <laughs> interesting because I would give it a six. So we're all kind of in the same ranking, which is yep. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so I started watching it at 3 a.m. on Friday. I tried to so bad. I mean, it was like 2 a.m. for me. Yeah, yeah. Which is, and I was like, okay, like I, and obviously 2 a.m. for me is, is five or sorry, 11, right? 11 a.m. for you. Yeah. I tried to do it. I really, really did. But like literally at like 205, I was like, I'm so tired. I can't do this. And I went to bed. Mm, very fair um so so um I tried to do it but you watched all of it through right yeah so Sam texted me that she was making a coffee at like 11 (laughs) and then I was like I have to get some sleep like I have to because I'm I need to be responsible I'm teaching the next day um 
so I slept, I set an alarm for three o'clock. I woke up at three o'clock. It was, it's funny. Um, Josh Weisbog, uh, DM me, Sam, he, uh, he's a hockey guy, Russia. And he was like, did you and Sam watch Bridgerton? And I was like, oh yeah, we watched it like immediately. And he was like, you woke up and watched it. I was like, you don't understand. This is our Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> we've been waiting. Like you don't understand. Um, so I woke up at three and I texted you, Sam, and I think you were on, you skipped ahead. <laughs> I watched episode one and then was like, I cannot commit myself to watching four more episodes without knowing what happens in episode six, because I saw that spoiler clip where they're doing the Haldi ceremony. Mm-hmm. Or Edwina's engagement, and I was like, "What the actual fuck?" Wait, Sam, so, is that is that the clip that you sent me? Yeah, on Twitter, because yeah. I didn't look at, I didn't look. I was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna look at this." And oh yeah, yeah so yeah. I had watched, I had watched the clip from and where they were like talking about her engagement, and I was like, "I do not understand what is happening to the plot," mm-hmm. and I refused to sink four episodes into this without knowing because I knew it like if it was going that way and I didn't know, I would just be so mad. So I skipped from one to six. I watched one, six, seven, eight. And then I went back and watched two, three, four and five. That's amazing. Um, I watched them through, but I, I did. So I had to teach at 11. Um, so I started fast forwarding over some of the um, side plots and then I went back in, watched them. But I was like, there was a lot, there's a lot going on. But mm-hmm. Russia, how did you watch it? Did you split it up kind of? Okay, so I did. So I watched like a little bit on Saturday or I mean on Friday, I'm sorry. And then by Friday night, like I literally only had episodes seven and eight, Um, finished a bit of it on like Saturday. And then I literally had like 20 minutes left of episode eight and my sister and I like ended up going somewhere. So I, we came back and I literally was like still in my jacket and I sat down and watched like the last 20 minutes. So I basically finished it in like, I guess you could say like a day mm-hmm. um, because I tried, I really, really wanted to stay up, but man, I was so tired that day. So I went to bed. No, no, no. That's fair. That's like yeah. the rational thing to do. <laughs> I completely acknowledge that me waking up at 3am to watch Bridgerton is no, probably... I mean- a sign of mental health decay, and that's fine. <laughs> I will take it. Um, okay, so let's I th- let's start with what we liked about the series because I think like I don't want it to be like I don't think it's all bad, and I do think like a lot of the critiques, though some of them I think are fine to have if you didn't read the books and you're still watching the show. Like it's fair to criticize. I definitely think that's true. Um, but I think there is a lot that is impacted by if you read the book or not mm-hmm. because of the way that particularly this story has been upheld as like the best one in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think there's a couple things that are interesting that factor into why the choices were made primarily. Like I do think they kind of got fucked over by the fact that the story and the plot line is quite similar to um, yep. the first season. Yep. So their uh, thing in their head was like, we can't just do the same thing. Me. I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> but like, if you're a TV writer, I kind of get that. 
Um, and then there's like a couple other things that have to do with like plotting and whatever, right. whatever we want to go into. But I thought we'd start with things that we liked because there were some changes um, that were good. Um, I can start. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can just go circular around. So one of the things, okay, I'll do like the really small things that I thought were really good. A, the costumes. Costumes, fantastic. Um, I love the fact that they like mixed in kind of the traditional elements that you'd see on kind of saris um, or South Asian like um, embroidery. And they mixed that in on the, on like Kate and Edwina's gowns. That was great. Everyone got a glow up. Uh, All the Bridgertons are much more tan. The bangs are gone or better. <laughs> um, that's really good. Um, that's hilarious. You're right. I mean, Her bangs are gone. I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, I liked Phoebe Jennifer a lot better in this um, season. And I don't know if it's because Reggae Jean Page is not there. <laughs> so it's just her. Or if it's because she's better is kind of like the kind of meddling sister, I guess. Um Anything else like small that you want to, before we get to like larger kind of things that we liked? Um, I absolutely, I mean, to me, this is a large thing, but it was only shown in obviously like a few scenes, but the parts where they incorporated their um, Daisy culture, mm-hmm. I think I'm saying it wrong. I know it's not Desi. I know it's Daisy because someone told me it's, I, I was saying it wrong when I said Desi, um, but I absolutely love everything that they incorporated, especially that scene where um, Kate is oiling Edwina's hair mm-hmm. and like where she's just, you know, where it's, it's like not even like it's not there's no like um, what's that thing called when it's like background, but it's not background. What's that word for it in a story? There's no uh, it's not. I I don't know. It's like a thing where like when you're writing a story and you give like background information about what's happening and it's mm. kind of like part of the, I don't, I'll think of it. I, I'm a writer. Great. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, it wasn't, it, it wasn't something that they had to like explain. It just was, it was just there. Yeah. Yeah. They um, weren't like making a huge thing about it. Yeah. Oh, that, that word, it starts with an X, E-X. Exposition? Anyway. I don't know. Is that like, no, that's all right. Background? No, it's, I swear it's close to that. But anyway, I loved that. I loved that so much. So I guess for me, that'd be a, like a big thing because the other parts, AKA the tradition of what they were doing um, the day before her wedding, I did not, the night before her wedding, I did not know that that was a thing. I thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, that to me was my favorite scene because just the colors in that entire scene were so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And at the very end, Anthony says her full name, mm-hmm. calls her Kathani, right? That was the yeah, name. Yeah. And I loved that so much because that's something that the show brought that obviously wasn't in the book. Mm-hmm. And I like truly loved that. So I guess this was, I guess like the cultural aspect wasn't, it wasn't the small thing for me. It was a huge thing. And I absolutely loved it. Love, love, love. And I think that in terms of incorporating different races on the show, that was just like a, an amazing way for them to do it without being like, Hey, let's make, you know, 
let's have a Bollywood number or something. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. if they did would have been like amazing because if they they would have probably incorporated and incorporated it in a way where it was like, hey, we're doing this because in that world, in our world that we've created for the show, this is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I liked about it, you know? Like, and that's that's what it is. Like they didn't make a big deal about the fact that like this was a brown woman dark skin by the way which i i know that a lot of people were mm-hmm. loved about that which is amazing mm-hmm. um so i love that i just loved everything about it um it wasn't like hey this is a weird thing that happens let's you know put a microscope on it and make you think that this is weird it was literally just there and it was like hey this is this is normal this is a thing that happens and it's part of the story and mm-hmm. it's part of who these characters are i absolutely loved that so i guess that's a big thing that's not a small thing no it's true and i think they did some they had some interesting um moments where they kind of pushed they pushed at the like empire aspects of mm-hmm. the story mm-hmm. they like didn't really delve into it it wasn't like a critique of empire or anything but like the fact that her dad was a clerk um yeah, that's like a that was like a big kind of position in um, the empire, particularly during like the years of the Raj. Um, and then also the other thing, there's a great comment when she's like, I think she's talking to Eloise and Eloise asks her if she misses India. And she says, yeah, I do, especially at tea time. And it's like what? a slight dig at Britain and being like, fuck you. I'm like, so sorry. I is, forgot that part. Yes. Like, this so is good our culture that you took and like it's actually ours and like there's also the scene where she's putting in like um spices she's making chai essentially yes um she's making tea the way that she makes it and yeah and so it's like a really interesting it's like it was just like a I don't know how much they thought about it as being like a moment where it's like oh the empire's here and we're saying like you you took you took this from us and like we pretend it's British but like it's it doesn't come from here, um, no. which I thought was really interesting. Um, Sam, what about you? Did you have anything, anything that you liked? I loved the casting. I thought they nailed the casting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love Simone Ashley. I did like the addition of the race scene. I thought like, I wasn't sure I liked it, but th- it was like the cinematic payoff and that first shot of her where it's like from the side, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I she, love Simone Ashley. I was like, I is, would become a lesbian for you. <laughs> she is one of the most attractive people. Yeah. Um, her blush, it's been discussed by many people. Grass. Yeah, it's she is so stunning. Beautiful. She's I so beautiful. Oh my god! And um, I love when her hair was down. Her hair oh yeah, was yeah. Down. Her I hair is incredible. She was Obsessed. on. Um, yeah. she was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. Mm-hmm. and I was watching it I'm like holy fuck that's her real hair <laughs> like yeah I because part of me in the show is like oh some of this has to be like they extended it or whatever it's like no no no. her so real jealous. hair beautiful yeah no, it was so beautiful. amazing um yeah if yeah the casting was about- incredible yeah um, yeah I loved everything I loved um even Edwina like the casting was good yeah she the casting was impeccable yeah. and I loved I actually really loved the chemistry between Jonathan Bayleaf and Simone Ashley Mm-hmm. I just wanted way more of it. Like getting yeah. like half an hour at half an hour at most total yeah. all the way through of them actually being in scenes together and like loved up was not good for like deeply problematic just, for romance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was 
it was a slow burn that was done really well, but with no payoff whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so before I get into all of that, um, the actress who played Edwina, her name is Charithra Chandran. Um, I had to look, I made sure to say her name, right. I had to look it up a bunch of times because I don't want to get it wrong. I absolutely loved her as Edwina. I think she played Edwina so perfectly. I could not have asked for a better Edwina. Later, I'll talk about how I feel about (laughs) what they did to her character. Um, And I, I, that's so ominous. Like they didn't, they didn't ruin her character for me. There's just something that she says that just completely like is the opposite of what Edwina said in the book. Now, obviously you and I and Sam, like you guys, we all know that when books get made into shows or movies, they don't keep everything. Like we're not, this is not our first rodeo for lack of a better phrase. Like we all know that obviously, like, I mean, I love the Harry Potter books, but my friends and family members who have read the Harry Potter books and watched the movie, sorry, I love the movies. I haven't read all the books. My friends who have read the books and seen the movies have so many issues with the movies. And I'm here like, this is amazing. This is great. I don't know what you're talking about. So I totally get it. But I absolutely loved her. She's also equally as beautiful. And as someone pointed out on Twitter, I wish I saved the tweet. They were uh, replying to a tweet about the show and they were like, she reminded me of someone and I finally figured it out who. And it was a picture of Brittany Murphy. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like in terms of like her like personality and the way she was acting. And I was like, oh my God, she kind of reminds me of Brittany Murphy's character in Clueless. Like that like giddy, like kind of like innocent, like just being happy. She's very doe-eyed. Yes. Very doe-eyed. Which is problem when we get later in (laughs) when you're like "Ah!" I I didn't think it was I didn't think it was but that's because I loved the actress so much that I Mm -hmm. just like was so and and she like I mean she was great with Simone or yeah Simone Ashley and Jonathan Bailey like she was amazing with them I mean I just loved everything about her and obviously yes we'll talk later about how I feel about like the plot lines and everything but her as an actress and what how she what, what she did absolutely absolutely love her just love it but yeah, yeah. I just uh wanted to put that out there because I I just love her and other things that I loved about before we start talking about what we hated other things I loved I absolutely loved obviously the like we said the acting the cultural aspect of incorporating their culture and their traditions um Simone Ashley and Jonathan Bailey's chemistry was yes unbelievable freaking amazing which I also think was a problem because it was like too much and so honestly the amount of times that they're two inches apart from each other and I was like literally I was watching on my iPad I'm like just fuck already (laughs) okay so listen listen I I get what you're saying I totally get it however I Again, what you said earlier is like it was a slow burn that had very little payoff. I totally get that. Now, does that mean that I like, you know, resented all the chemistry and then it led to like a 10 second scene at the end where they're like in bed? Okay, I didn't. I didn't because, yes, I wish there was more of it. But watching it happen, um, like the scene where he's whispering in her ear and they're, 
Oh, in the library? Fucks me. Yeah. And Daphne walks in on them. Like that scene, when I tell you like, holy shit, I don't know how Simone Ashley like did not just like, you know, go off script and just make out with Jonathan. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he was, he, and speaking of acting, he was so good on the show. My favorite, one of my favorite scenes is the scene of him and Gregory in the library because Gregory doesn't really have a, like, didn't really know his dad. Yeah. Yeah. He was one when his dad died. So Anthony's the only dad he has basically. So that scene where he's asking about his dad and Anthony, like, you know, puts his armor on him. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this was such a beautiful scene. I absolutely loved it. I love the relationship with the siblings. I really do. I saw on Twitter, someone say that they did not like the scenes with the family. And I'm like, I freaking love the scenes with the family. Are you kidding me? Like, I look forward to them. I love those scenes. When he asks Hyacinth to come down when they have that ball and nobody showed up and he's dancing with her like are you kidding me I freaking love that scene because the younger kids um I mean you could essentially say Francesca and Gregory and Hyacinth he's basically the only dad that they that they've known mm-hmm. you know and I just I just love his acting was so good on this show and if Hollywood didn't look down on things you know geared towards women he should be nominated for a fucking emmy award a golden globe um reggae john page obviously was nominated for a sag award which i absolutely loved so jonathan bailey gets one from this season i would absolutely love that um he was just so so good so good and you can say whatever you want about the writing his scenes were so good the scene where his mom comes in and tells him that kate woke up and he just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and he almost like he's he's crying. Are you kidding me? That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so, I do. I do want to talk about. Okay, that's a good intro into actually one of my favorite things. There's two kind of changes um, to the Anthony character and then to Anthony and Kate that I think worked so well, and they changed yeah. it from the books. I think they were really really good. Um, yeah. The first is. Um, the fact that they situated them much more strongly as being like the heads of their houses and how mm-hmm. that impacted them. Cause I think that's so much better to have that be the tension. That's like, cause I, that wasn't really in that for him was in the books, but for her it was just kind of like, right. I'm protecting my sister, but it wasn't yep. as strongly kind of like holding her back, I think, but to have that be something that they shared. And then at the end, when they have their sex scene and he's like, don't you like, can't we just live for ourselves essentially? Like instead, like, can't we just like, right. Like basically just like finally choose something for ourselves rather than putting everyone ahead of us. I think that was really good. Um, I really liked that. And then the other thing is there was like such a larger exploration of the grief, um, and how that was something they shared because they both lost their fathers. And like, that wasn't really examined in the book on her end as much. And I think that was really, really strong. And I think for him, um, it was incredible. Like, especially the stuff that he had with the mom um, and the kind of examination of that and like all the stuff that happened in the kind of aftermath of his dad dying was like, and to watch him, like, essentially break down, and you're right, Russia, like, that scene when she comes in, and he just, like, 
starts crying. And then even the scene when he like brings Kate back after she like hits her head. Did she and- freeze? Yeah. <laughs> did I freeze? Me. Yeah, you did. For how You're long? A For while. like a no, it was like five seconds. When did I stop talking? You said that scene. scene. That scene when he. Oh, yeah. The scene when he's with the mom and he puts his head down. But then also the scene when he carries Kate back into the, um, like, after she hits her head and Benedict comes in and he's like, are you okay? And you can see him be like, I'm fucking not okay. Um, Which is so good. And, like, he's really good at that. And then also, like, he's really good at the clenched jaw and, like, the the muscle ticking in the jaw because he's so exasperated and like he's really angry and he's also just like an idiot like <laughs> for like a bunch of the show he's so he's just like such an idiot about this idea of himself as a gentleman and he does such a good job of like acting that and you still are like oh he's so lovable <laughs> even yeah. though he's like kind of a dumbass um but yeah I thought I thought those were some really like good kind of aspects of the relationship that they teased out a lot better um, than they definitely did in, in the book. Um, Yeah. The idea of them being older, like the older, like heads of the family. And then also the way that they shared, shared grief. Absolutely. I love that part too. I really, really love that they gave as much attention to Kate, Kate's backstory with her father and how she feels um, I mean, cause they kind of just eliminated her mom. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. is what they did. They just took out the whole kind of, um, dynamic of the mom, because even in the scene when they're in the library, um, the most effective scene I thought where they shared the grief or whatever is when they're in the library and he's like, oh, this is my father's library. And mm-hmm. she also says, oh, storms remind me of my father. Cause he used to read to me during monsoon season. And that's like the scene where it's supposed to be tied to the fact that her mom died when it was during a thunderstorm and she had like kind of a violent illness. Um, Yeah. But they kind of just like took that out, which I was fine with, honestly, like I didn't really miss that. Sam, what do you think? Anything else big you want to add? No, I do. I really love them together. I, I thought they actually nailed the dynamic of Kate and Anthony from the book, notwithstanding that the story was entirely changed. I feel like it actually was like the vibe of the couple was very true to the book. Yeah, um, and like you said, in a much richer way. So I actually, I did, I did like that. I like, I really wish I hadn't read the book. I think I would have really enjoyed the season if I hadn't read the book and if the book wasn't so good on its own already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, it's something I can't get over. Like I, I remember reading like, ages ago reading the born identity and like the trilogy of books by Robert Ludlum and they were great. And then I remember going to see the movie and being like so excited. And the movie is like, the movie is a a good movie, but it does the same thing where it like just completely deviates from the book. And I remember being so mad in the theater and it's just when I really love the source material, it just, like, I cannot, I can't get over deviations. It just drives me insane. But that's also fair because I think with the first season, other than changing um, some of the stuff surrounding the like the problematic aspects of the book, which they updated, yeah. for the most part, they really stayed true to the story and obviously revealing Penelope. Um, and like changing right. a little bit with An- Anthony, but like the main core, the love story, they didn't tamper with. So I think yeah, all of us kind of, and if you obviously listened to the last episode, like all of us went into it being like, 
great. There's these like key moments that we're going to hit and like all this stuff. And I think in particular, and we can kind of launch into um, the critiques now, because I think this is a good segue. We can touch on some other stuff we liked. I will add here, I deeply enjoyed Benedict's entire character arc, uh, especially when he was high for most of the season. That was so Uh, funny. Deeply amusing to me. Um, the fact that they cast Colin as that annoying person who comes back from a study abroad trip and is like, when I was in Barcelona <laughs> and like doing all that stuff. Great. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the main issue I think for me is, and I've seen actually a lot of people discuss this and it was quite fascinating to watch people on Twitter, particularly like my favorite authors also like react in a very similar way other than like Tessa Dare. Um, but most of them were like, yeah, this, this is not good. And it's because it didn't follow like romance convention, mm-hmm. which is a, the couple has to be together almost at all times. Like you have to be forced. Proximity is basically like a requirement for romance. novels. they have to be together. And as we've discussed, they would just kind of be in random rooms, like once or twice an episode, but like the proximity wasn't really there. And then the second thing is like you you don't really do love triangles (laughs) particularly with characters who are siblings but also like characters who you're supposed to like like if you do have a love triangle it's either supposed to be like someone who's like very very bad (laughs) for the person um and the fact that they decided not even make to make it a love triangle but to go to the point where they're saying vows yep is so not good (laughs) and I think that's that's like the problem because um and like they were trying to build tension they were trying to change the story so it wasn't exactly like the books because obviously in the books they they get forced to get married and I saw that thing Russia that you sent us and the girl was like oh it's better to have them choose each other and I like definitely agree with that but I think they could have done that without without like sacrificing Edwina <laughs> to be yes. the like spurned sister and then also create like weird dynamics with her and Kate kind of like I just I did the love triangle was so bad and like I'm actually so happy Sam that you sent that video and I watched that because if I was the same if I would have gone through the season just watching this unfold I would have lost my goddamn fucking mind <laughs> but because I kind of knew I was like oh no I know this is happening no there's a wedding <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky. I was like, I, I, of course, like I wanted to click on. I have no problem spoiling things for myself. I mean, you're talking to the person who read all the Game of Thrones spoilers literally before the last season ended yeah, and thought, too, no, but... no, no, this is totally fake. Like they're going to change all this. And as I literally till the last episode, I'm like, no, this is going to be different <laughs> than what I read. Like, I don't mind spoiling things for myself, but this, I did not want to, I don't want to like look at it. Um, but the thing that bothers me is the love triangle. Okay, great. You don't want them. You don't want the story to be like Simon and Daphne's. Absolutely fine. There's literally nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong. And what I mean by that is that Simon and Daphne were forced to get married because her brother caught them, right? Mm-hmm. And well, other people saw them too, or Cressida saw them and they like basically threatened her to not say anything. Um, <laughs> And in the story, it's Lady Mary um, 
Anthony's mom and um I think the Featherington mom. Featherington, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, who was it? Um Lady Featherington catching them. Um and what happened and obviously for people who don't know what happens is is she gets sung by a bee and he freaks the fuck out and like tries to suck the venom out of her freaking boobs. Okay. <laughs> now the last TikTok I sent you guys, it was <laughs> did you guys watch it? I watched it, yeah. <laughs> So it was the girl saying <laughs> he sucked out of her boob. And I thought it was so funny because I literally told my friend, because she's saying this scene is so outdated, you know, like this was written in the early 2000s. So I literally was texting my friend who's obsessed with the show as much as I am. And she also read the books. I was like, she was like, you know, like it's okay that they didn't show that scene. Cause you know, and I'm like, I'm like, all I wanted was to see him suck her boob. Like <laughs> so bad. <laughs> But, but I totally understand why that scene was not there, right? Because if they were caught in that position, they would have been forced to get married. And of course, it sounds just like Simon and Daphne. I totally get that. I don't mind them changing that part of the story. I don't mind that scene not being there, right? What I do mind is the freaking love triangle that was so completely unnecessary that kept dragging on and on and on. Like I kept getting irritated at Anthony saying that he's still going to marry Edwina and he's still going to be with her and that he was still irritated from Kate and that he didn't love her. And then that scene where Kate tells him that he has to take care of her sister like before the wedding and then the wedding happens and then, or sorry, the wedding doesn't happen. And then they're in the room, Edwina and Kate are, and she's telling her to basically marry him still after everything that's happened. I was getting so irritated. I was so annoyed. And obviously this has nothing to do with the characters themselves. It's the writing from the show. That's what they, that's what they wrote. That's what they wanted to happen. I absolutely hated it. Absolutely hated it because you're absolutely right. Love triangles are a common trope in romantic comedies, books, movies, whatever. It's not a new concept, right? But the fact that they went so far with it, like, come on, you could have easily made it to where she doesn't make it down the aisle. The wedding doesn't happen. And all the consequences of that would still have been the same. The fact that you had them dress up, the fact that she dropped her bracelet when they're at the altar and he picked it up. What? What is happening? And even after all of this, after all of this, he still denies how he feels about her. I was getting so, so fed up with that. Yeah, I felt like it didn't just, not only did it kind of ruin the dynamic of Kate and Anthony from the book, and like, I don't generally have an issue with love triangles, but like Georgia said, I took issue with the specific people in this love triangle but also the trope in the book is enemies to lovers yep you did not need to throw in a second trope like it was completely unnecessary Mm -hmm. and it really watered down the enemies to lovers part of it yep but it also like it ruined the character of Edwina for me like I really liked Edwina in the book she was smart she was articulate she knew what she wanted she was like very supportive of Kate they, they never had the scene where she calls her her half sister. Yup. Oh, that her into this like vapid idiot debutante who is like just like empty headed. Like she just had no substance to her until suddenly she had was like better in the last two episodes. But for the first six episodes, I was like, why is she so annoying? Yep. I think and like I, yeah. I, 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 no, I wanted I wanted to say like. 
the part where she tells Kate she wants someone who's like higher up in society like that's what she's looking for someone who's like charming and whatever I that killed me because in the book that's not what she asks for she says she she ends up with like not a wealthy man who like wants to be a scholar like he wants to be an Oxford person she ends up with someone who is like very like down to earth not like Anthony not you know not a Viscount no one who has like a title that's what she tells Kate she just she tells Kate I just want someone who like is this 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 like all these like common things and in the show she is totally different now again I it's okay that they deviated from the book that's not the problem the problem is that took a character and completely changed their characteristics the best parts of them the best parts of them you completely changed it and that just that just sucked the fun out of it. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I still cared for Edwina. No, because I read I read her in the book, I still cared for her, even though she you said like Sam, she was vapid. That's okay. That was okay with me because again, she was a child basically. Wasn't she supposed to be like 17 or something or 18 in the book? So to me, I was like, okay, that's fine. Like you're you're really young. You don't really know. But I just oh, I just hated it. I just hated <laughs> but it. But the thing is, so like hard. They could have, because one of the things that I was holding out hope on is that she would get to the, like, it would get to the point where it was revealed that, like, Edwina knew all along, because it was so fucking obvious that they yep. were, like, breathing all over each other, and, like, the lust was, like, there, and that she would have known all along and was kind yep. of, like, just almost, I almost wanted it to, like, kind of resemble like 10 things I hate about you or like the taming of the shrew where the dynamic was much more like Bianca and Kat, like where like she knew. And I thought that would be so much better. And I kept being like, that has to be what happens because like, there's no way that she's actually like wanting to get married to me. Like he's an asshole, like all this kind of stuff. And then that didn't happen. And to me, it was like such an obvious plot thing that they could have done. Like, just was, have her go along with it to the point where she's like, oh, no, I'm just doing this to fuck with Kate because, like, she won't, she won't, like, act on her own passion or whatever. So, like, I need to do this. And that would have been great. And it's a one from easy. the book, right? Like, the, yeah. in the show, it's like everyone else sees the chemistry between them except Edwina. Whereas in the book, she, like, she literally has a line where she says, I saw, I knew he was spent with you. I saw it all along. I don't know how no one else saw it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, they just completely so changed the premise of the book and like, oh God. Like I'm when, so mad. when <laughs> like, like after the wedding gets, get like, at, like when the wedding gets canceled and they're at the house, they're at Lady Danbury's house and she picks up her, she goes to pick up her dog and they, yeah. they have that connection. And she goes, was I that blind? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> It was so like, yeah, that I just felt like they had a bunch of moments too, where like characters weren't really acting in like rational ways. They were just kind of servicing the plot in a weird way. And like even some of the stuff. So I will say, um, like you were saying, Russia, the kind of major moments that I love from the books, I was fine that they changed them. I'm fine that they changed the bee sting scene. It was still really romantic. It was still really good. It was acted really well. I was fine that they changed the thunderstorm scene. Yep whatever. I was pissed that they didn't have the scene where she's like under the desk. Cause I think yes! that's really funny. I miss that. That's scene. like, what? Also, what was the point of the whole Sienna setup in the first season? If you weren't even going to use the opera singer scene. Yeah. Just to make him a fuck boy essentially in the first. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, 
these moments where they shove them together. So there's like, I think at least four that I can think of maybe five where it's like them in a room somehow together and they like argue. And then they get to the point where their faces are smushed together and they're like wanting to kiss, but they don't. And there's some good lines. Like when Anthony says like India's not far away enough for like this to be fixed, but like all they're doing is standing there. Um, And they're just not getting together for the plot. Like there's no actual rational reason why they're not really together in the story. If you break it down, other than the fact that the plot wants to keep them apart because they have eight episodes to get through. And that's the kind of like, I don't like that kind of slow burn. Like I'm fine if you want to make it a slow burn, but you can't just like throw them together in these, like, it felt like it was just kind of every, like every kind of romance, like, or like Jane Austen kind of style thing that they could just take and be like, Oh, you just got to throw them together because women really like when their noses are touching, but they're not actually kissing and like the tension or whatever. And it's like, you can't just keep doing that. Like you have to make this have reason. And that really started to piss me off. <laughs> and then like, even cause it just wouldn't balance because then even like when he has this scene where he's screaming at her for like, why do you hate me? And it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel like she hates him. It just feels like she doesn't believe, I don't know. It just, there was some weird kind of, I don't know, at least for me, it just felt kind of choppy. Um, and I recently watched cause uh, people have already like lumped all the scenes together. And it's even more obvious when you see them back to back to back because it's really fucking repetitive (laughs) it it literally is like four scenes that are the exact same scene that just happens and it's yeah I don't know like I love the acting the tension's great I'll probably keep watching it I'll rewatch the season for sure but it just felt like sloppy writing and it's like they could have they could have changed the book and they could have changed the story to make it less like the first season to kind of, you know, put in more examinations of grief, put in like different stuff, add the cultural aspects, but they just didn't like the execution was just so bad that like they could have done that. And we could have watched it and been like, you know what? We love the book, but it's fine that they didn't do it. They just did it in in such like an offensive way. That it almost makes me upset because you know that particularly like the girl who's playing Edwina is probably getting a bunch of fucking hate online from she like is. the she Julia Quinn heads. So, and it's like, yeah, I'm are so you really doing it. this to your racialized cast? Like no one yeah. thought, you know, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, ah! I, saw, I saw that too. I saw that too. And I was so annoyed. And I, I've seen like people going after their characters, first of all, like, which is so fucking annoying. Cause hello, they were like amazing. Um, and two going after like Edwina and Penelope, well, which we'll talk about soon. Um, and two, um, saying that Kate and Anthony had no chemistry. Um, I want to know what fucking show they were watching. Yeah. That's weird. Because I just went back and watched the scene at the end which I know it was at the end but the scene at the end when they're in bed together I was like okay like if you just make this an hour of them in bed 
without them actually having sex. So it's not a porno. I would watch this entire thing. Like they were so I would watch them just together. like together. Like they're so good. Yes. Like they're yes, so that's good. What they I have, wanted. Yeah. Yes. I wanted more of them being together. I wanted it. I wanted more of them being together without after they fell after they like fell in love and got together. You know what I mean? And they could have so, that's the thing. Like they could yeah. have done this in episode yes. fucking six and then yes. give us give us seven and eight and still have the thing, like still have him not be able to profess his love. Cause the other thing is one of the big issues with translating romance books to screen is so much of romance books depends on internal dialogue. Like you need the yeah. internal dialogue because yep. it's all about like an internal journey that you go through. Cause love is internal. Yep. And like, so you miss out on the fact that like Anthony thinks that he's going to die. <laughs> like he's convinced yes. that he's going to die Very at 38 young. or whatever, yes. 39. And like all these like major things. And so, yeah, they could have like maintained, like they could have gotten together, maybe not be, I don't know, like they could have gotten together in episode six or something. And then you just have an extra two episodes. Like it's fine. (laughs) But I didn't. And also the other thing I'll say is it really was weighed down by the 7 billion subplots that took place. (laughs) Which like, what the Um, fuck? I'm I'm actually um in the minority in that I love the Featheringtons. I don't mind them, but the cousin subplot I could have done without. I did not give two shits about that. No offense. Um, I freaking loved. Yeah, I loved Lady Featherington at the end, screwing him over and being like, "Uh, I'm staying with my daughters. We're a team. Fuck you. You're Mm -hmm. the one who took all the money. I'm good. Absolutely loved that. Okay, I actually enjoy them. I don't mind them at all. Um, but holy shit, did they take up like they took up like what 40% of the entire season? And I did not like that at all. And I'm not even counting Penelope. Like to me, she's her own storyline. I'm not even counting that. But the entire thing with the cousins, with the scheming people of the town and making them give him give his money to this random ruby mine that he doesn't have, him wanting to marry Cressida so that he could get the money. I fast forwarded a bunch of this shit. I literally <laughs> I couldn't handle it. This is so annoying. I don't like this at all. I'm over this. Um, the other subplot that they really focused on of Penelope being Lady Whistledown and all the stuff and, you know, working with um, the Modiste to basically, you know, do her do her thing. Um, I just, again, I, first of all, like seeing how they handled the reveal of Penelope being Lady Whistledown in season two makes me wish they had never said it makes me wish they should have kept it a secret. So apparently the reason why they did it is because, um, the books had been out for so long that they're like, it's not a secret anymore. Um, and that anyone Um, can just Google it. And so they were like, we might as well just reveal it now. That's, that's fine. That's a great reason to do that. I totally get it. However, it wasn't done properly in my opinion right mm-hmm. I just did not think like I truly truly wish that they did not hint at it more so because they completely completely like what they did like Penelope screwing over Eloise what no yeah, no, no, not, no 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 Penelope Eloise is the only friend Penelope has she is the only friend she has in terms of someone who understands her and someone that she could confide in. That's basically like she has two sisters, but but Eloise is basically her sister. 
So the fact that they ruined that makes me so upset, makes me so upset because, because then as we all know, Penelope's going to end up with Colin. So how is Eloise going to feel about that? Are we going to get another season of her being mad at Penelope? Like, come on, this is, it's so annoying. Especially because, especially because, so um, they've hinted like they're not doing the Benedict story next. So they're like, they have I, to be doing Colin and Penelope. Like you have, like, there's no way they're, who else, they're listen, not going to do anything else. They've said I, it up too much. I will be so upset. Listen. Okay. I'm so annoyed. I understand that they're not following the books. I totally get that. But if I have to sit through Penelope and Colin before I see Benedict and Sophie, I'll be so fucking annoyed. I'll watch. They've already I'll said watch. they're not doing it in order. Like, like a hundred percent guarantee it's not Benedict and Sophie next. Um, because if, okay, here's the, here's the reason why the I'm next like, it's going to be an unconventional couple. Oh God. Why? Because what's unconventional? What does that mean? I thought, I think that's what the tweet said or like what the, it was, was, but like, is it because- was it unconventional or unexpected? I think unexpected, but even, even unexpected. It's like you foreshadowed it so much. Like literally say. the last two. Oh, yeah. Anyways, because like, Ah, ah. <laughs> my thing is like okay it would so clearly be benedict if we got the masquerade scene yeah like i thought they were going to end the season or something like here here in a perfect world this is what would have made sense <laughs> wrap up the fucking kate and anthony stuff in episode six or seven have eight be like them on the town the masquerade happens <laughs> do the stuff with Sophie at the masquerade. And then you're set up for the next season. Obviously they couldn't do that because they made Benedict have like yet another mental breakdown about his life, which is fine. Cause he does that in the books, but like, Oh my God, I have a hair in my mouth. <laughs> George, I'm sorry. I'm watching you. do this. <laughs> that was atrocious. It was like stuck and I couldn't figure out where it was. Um, and so like, like it's not gonna be Benedict but then like they they now I'm like okay it has to be Penelope and Colin because they set up the scene which I'm angry about also the scene where he's like I'd never marry Penelope and she hears him and I'm mad because in the books that happens and Anthony is like really nice to her (laughs) yep Anthony Um, walks her home also they didn't they they did take out the scene where he like cut directs Cressida right Yes, when Cressida made the comment about her weight. Yeah. Oh, I'm so fucking mad. Those are like important moments. Ah! Whatever. Whatever. I'm going to reread the second book. I have to. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's don't. funny. So our friend Rachel texted uh, Sam and I today and she's like, should I, do I need to read the Bridgerton books or like, should I read them before I watch the, the season? And I was like, honestly, don't read them. Like, oh, don't I read t- them first. I told my friend who also like loves romance books and reading and everything like that. And she's, she has actually her own Instagram page where she just posts about the books she reads. And I'm, I have like 10 million screenshots of stuff that she's read. Cause I, I add them to my list. Um, I told her to read the book before she watches the show. I was like, don't do, don't do it. Maybe you can read the first one and that's fine. But like, don't read. Oh, the I told her one. don't read the first one and go straight <laughs> to the second. <laughs> no, I was like, cause I'm like, don't read it. I would, I think it would be better to watch it and then read because I think if you read it, you get tied to like certain things that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. We should wrap up any other things. I'm still fucking like justice for Francesca. It's my favorite fucking book. And she yet again is like 
disappear just through the you, entire well, show. Did you see? Did you I, know why? Did you know why? I'm sorry, Sam. So the reason is because she had to go film like another Netflix show and she couldn't get out of cast it. Cast someone else. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in seeing like how the how moving up Colin and Penelope's story changes the rest of the series. Right. Mm-hmm. Um sorry, I'm gonna spoil the book. Like if you haven't read it by now, books are like 10 years old. It's no problem. Not <laughs> Which one. book? Uh oh wait, no, you haven't read it. <laughs> Which one? The Colin and I'm Penelope? Colin and Penelope. Okay, first I'm, of all, Rush has been reading it for like eight months. You can spoil I have, it. I'm halfway through. This is why I don't want this is the reason why I don't want the next season to be about them because their freaking book is so hard to get through. Like, oh my god, it is the hardest. I enjoyed thing. it. I actually did think it was <laughs> Oh my God. I, like, like the, the second and third one, I could not put those down. I could not wait to get to, to go to bed and read those books. My God, it's literally sitting on my nightstand. I'm halfway through. They've gotten married. Spoil it. Okay. I'm spoiling Spoil it. it. Um, <laughs> like a huge part of the book and the huge part of their relationship is him finding out that she's whistled down and how they deal with it and how oh, yeah, it gets I know revealed. Yeah. 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 And so like, if they're going to do that, chronologically out of order with Benedict and Sophie like how does that change that plot eventually like exactly and the time like it's it's it screws up all the like I feel like the timing I feel like they can't they can't do it the way that they've been doing a book a season I think what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to mash shit together and they're gonna have to it all happens at the same time because even like Francesca gets married to her first husband this isn't a spoiler it's whatever she gets married to her first husband like at some point yeah in the time jump right because she gets married at like 20 or like really young and I think it's in the time jump um of Benedict and Sophie, I think. And it really makes me wonder whether they're going to do the Eloise's book, which I hated. So like, I actually don't care if oh, they throw that one that... out. Like they can write her a whole new storyline. I don't care. Don't but, spoil like, that one for me because I do want to read it. I'm so sorry. No, we won't spoil that I one. I won't spoil like, it for you, but it's actually like the worst book in the series. I hate it. But there's no way they can do it. I know. Like with the way that they've set up the show, like yeah. they can't, they can't like, do it. Her not <laughs> knowing that she's whistled down is a huge part of it. Like there's just, there's so much in that book that they have just undone that I don't understand what they're gonna do that's honestly like you're absolutely right because that's honestly what worries me is like if they're gonna do it to where we all know she's Lady Whistledown the whole point of the third the fourth book I'm sorry with her and Colin is um the fact that he finds out she's Lady Whistledown so what if he finds out in the third season and then he's gonna keep it a secret like how is that gonna work you know what I mean yeah and also like a bunch of the stuff that happens yeah in the Sophie book like Whistledown's a part like the stuff is so yep. they don't, it, yeah, it's, it's yep. not good. Like it's not good. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. Basically. Yeah. I like, that would be my assumption is that they're going to, because the other thing is in the Colin and Penelope and in the Benedict and Sophie thing, there are time jumps. Um, And so I don't know if they'll just like do part of it and then time jump for like season yeah. four or something like I don't know. Um, I also Wait, don't know. Time jump in the Benedict and Sophie book. Yeah, because they do Two years at least. Because he does the he goes to the masquerade, and he like has the glove or whatever. And then there's like a significant time in between that and then when he sees her again. Okay. I oh, want to say it's like at right, least right. a year. 
it okay, might be yeah, two years. Right. Like it's a significant chunk of time. And so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's going to be so weird. Also I, like, like to, yeah. I want to, I want to end it on a good note because I still love the show. Oh, I'll I fucking still, watch it all. I'll still wake up at 3am. <laughs> I still love the series. Like I totally like, I, I hate that. Like critiquing it means that I like means I might hate it, which I don't like, I freaking love it. Like this is one of the few times where I'm like so interested in a show. Like that's happened very, very few times. I say that even though like literally a few months ago, I was like freaking going crazy over yellow jackets, which is an amazing show. You guys should watch it. But this is obviously totally different. Cause it's like a whole world that mm-hmm. exists. Um, I love it. I, you know, notwithstanding the stuff that I, that we've critiqued, like, I absolutely love that they've, you know, listen, if they're going to change things about it, whatever. I mean, like I, we can't do anything about it, but we can still critique it. Um, so I am just still excited to see what they do next. And I mean, listen, I said, I don't want to see Penelope and Colin, but that's because I want to see Benedict and Sophie next. Cause it's my favorite story but I'll, wa- I'll watch it. I'll for sure watch it. And, and maybe, maybe hopefully it'll be more interesting than the book that I can't get through. So <laughs> like it's to, the, it's to the point where I'm like, I should just give up. I don't like not, I don't like finishing series. Like I need to, I need to read them and finish all of them. But it's the point where I'm like, I should just start book five. Like this is ridiculous, but I just might read Francesca's. <laughs> it's the last good one. I'm actually really excited for the next season. I think yeah. I think they've largely stuck to the Colin and Penelope dynamic from the books. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, I just, my gut instinct is that one's going to pretty closely follow what happened as much as it can. Right. Um, but also Simone Ashley gave an interview to E where she said there's going to be a lot of loved up Canthony in that one. Um, right. Now that they've figured, figured it out. Um, so we're going to get to see them post-marriage. So I think as long as it's not like the first two series where it was really focused on one couple and I actually get to see Kate and Anthony be happy together, then I will eventually get over this season. And like make a subplot, Edwina meeting the fucking, what's his name? Begwell. They're Begwell. Yeah. Yeah. Have that be a subplot. That's a great subplot. It's easy. And also like one of the things that I did like about the book is like when Anthony like immediately shifts into brother mode with Edwina and it's like really nice. And I feel like that's a really oh. hard, that's a really hard thing to come back from when you literally almost married this girl, but like wouldn't admit that you're in love with her sister while you're looking at her sister as you're saying your vows. Like that's a hard comeback. So like, we'll see if they can do that. Um, but yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Um, it'll, yeah, it'll be really interesting. And I, I agree. Like I still really like the show. I think also yeah. the fact that it, I want it to come out like more at Christmas time, because I think hey. one of the things I love the most about it is I watch it and I'm like, spring has sprung and there's so many colors. All the flowers are beautiful. It like timed perfectly with Vancouver where like all the cherry blossoms are out, like <laughs> everything. So it makes me feel like we're coming out of a winter and like, this is great. Um, but yeah, I don't, it'll be interesting. Also like, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I get nervous. Also like I get really nervous for the people that they've like already casted in the show that I'm like, "Mm, okay. For like upcoming seasons. Well, like Francesca is my favorite character. (laughs) I'm like, okay. You don't like the actress who plays her. I love her. I just wish she was used more often. She has to have a lot of wild sex. So Oh, okay. Concerning. 
Uh, but I think so they actually like, I think they took the sex. I think they like took a lot of the sex out. I don't know if it's like a response to the last season or they just tried to do something differently. I don't know what the next season will look like because this season was literally just like Jane Austen. Tessa Dare had, was it Tessa Dare? Tessa Dare had like a really good theory about it. She was like, the sex was like a huge plot part of the plot in the first season. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a slow burn, obviously, like you have to yeah. take it out. It doesn't serve any purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see for the upcoming ones. But yeah, we'll I see. yeah, I'm I'm excited. Oh, I see Sloan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, I'm really excited for what's to come. And you know what? Maybe they'll uh, hear our voices because <laughs> I see a lot on Twitter with the hashtag about the love triangle and I hope they never fucking do that again with two sisters um okay any last thoughts on Bridgerton season two that we want to say no I think we are all good MVP award Jonathan Bailey and so hot honestly so hot see the pictures I tagged you guys in dude yes Oh, Sam, didn't you send us something that said that they that there was rumors that they were dating? I'm pretty sure he's gay unless he's bi. Which oh, is that's why I la- that's why I laughed so hard. It was like the headline was like, are Jonathan Bailey from, and um, Simone Ashley dating? I was like, he's gay. Like He's, he's very publicly very, gay. Very, very publicly gay. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. Oh, my God. It would be great if they did. Involved. I mean, listen, they're so hot together. Like, good yeah. for them. They I hope. Do. Yeah. I and I. I guess like the last thing we can say, like, I. This is still probably Netflix's most popular show. One hundred percent, it is. Yeah. Like most people I know have watched it or are watching it, and I just strongly hope we get more romance <laughs> made. Um, yep. Please, please. Make romantic more romance. comedies and romance movies are great like first of all they make a lot of money and they're very popular obviously they're just looked down upon because they are geared towards women yes and I'm so. very excited to see I'm going to see the new Sandra Bullock movie um oh yeah has I done quite well and is a rom-com um yeah. so fingers crossed but also just like I'm so sick of the fact and we talked about this last week I think that there can be like six fucking billion fast and the furious style movies and like you can't make Batman, Spider-Man. like you can't make any movie geared for women like settle down yeah i hate all of you um Same. so yeah hopefully again this leads to kind of more and also like an uptick in um just romance readership in general yeah. uh i know a lot of people got into uh romance because of bridgerton last time around so hopefully again we see that um and yeah um okay and more romance in in general that isn't geared toward white audiences and maybe romances that are geared towards queer audiences um non-abled-bodied people like just any anything that isn't just conventional Mm -hmm. and um like I said um in our group chat like I want us to retweet that one quote tweet that someone had Mm -hmm. um of all the romances that started non-white people or that's that are centered around non-white people. Um, I would love that. Um, so, so yeah, so again, just all around great, great consequences happening from this show being so popular. Yeah. Thank you, Shonda. 
Good job. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And Julia Quinn. <laughs> yes. And Julia Quinn. Um, okay. Thanks everyone for listening. I think we'll leave it at that. Um, I don't know when we will be back, uh, what our plans are. Um, I think we might be transitioning into doing like, uh, like our favorite books or like favorite characters. Maybe we could do like our top three, like male main characters, top three female main characters or something we can do kind of a round table that way. I think that that might be good. Um, or even just like around tropes, uh, yeah. chance, single bed, forced proximity, et cetera. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, thank you for listening to our thoughts on Bridgerton, our therapy on Bridgerton, essentially, um, watch the show <laughs> and yeah, read more romance. Um, yeah. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.